Welcome to Beyond Better, a podcast that explores a simple but profound idea. We all deserve to live lives we love, and that includes our work lives too. I'm Stacey Ennis, an author and longtime location-independent entrepreneur living in Portugal with my family of four. Join me as I talk business, location independence, writing, travel, and so much more, all focused on building a life that is beyond better. Welcome. I am thrilled to be back with you today, and I am answering all things Portugal. I get so many questions on our life in Portugal from very specific details about our schools and and things that we choose to do, where we choose to live, up to questions like, why did you move here in the first place? So today I am digging into many of those. I'm going to do this in two parts. So today I am focusing on many questions related to school, where we're living, the why behind our move. And the next time I'm focusing a little bit more on some of the legal pieces, how we immigrated legally, or I guess uh, became expats legally, um, some ideas on how you can do something similar. But today I want to anchor to a lot of that why and what it's like and what real life is like here in Portugal. If you have questions, please feel free to send them to me at hello at stacyennis.com. A big goal of mine this year is really to answer more of your questions and support you from location independence to Portugal specifics, to book writing, to publishing, to all the things that we cover on this podcast. So we're going to dig right in today. Our first question comes from Mike. Mike asks, are your kids in an international or a regular local public or private school? How much does that cost? Is it safe to assume that none of you spoke any Portuguese when you first moved there? What kind of visa did you get? Did you get that visa while you were in Thailand? So thanks for all of these great questions, Mike. I'm not going to dive into a lot of specifics on visas today, uh, but I will get to more of that in part two of my answering all your questions on all things Portugal. Today, I want to focus a little bit on your first part of your questions, and then I'll answer high level the second part. So first, our kids are, well, they're both in different school situations. So for the for the first few years here, both of the kids were in private schools. Um, we personally chose to go the private route because we wanted our children to, well, there's a lot of reasons, actually. We, we may have done this anyway if we were in the U.S., but a big driver for the, the way that we've continued our education, I should say, is that we wanted our kids to be educated in English and with Portuguese as a really strong support to their education. I think that our kids' future will be in English, and so I really want them to learn English and to learn it not just as a conversational language, but also as a, a language that they can write in and, and read complex work in and communicate high level in a high-level way. So that was a big driver for us. We also, if you've been following me for any length of time, you know that we have a little bit of a non-traditional approach to how we do education. So we have chosen more non-traditional schools. Now there's still great academic um, foundations. I, there should, I should say in a more concise way, these, this, the way that we've chosen to do education is supportive of strong academics. My husband and I both have master's degrees. We care about education. We want our kids to have strong educations. 
And I don't really believe that the way the education has been done for many decades or longer is the right way to do it. So we've chosen schools that focus on the social, emotional health of our children, that integrate mindfulness and other things into their school day. My daughter's school has gardening as a class, and um, they really value the individual child as as a, as a human and not just as a performer in a in a cog a cog in a wheel. My son is homeschooled, and there's I'm not going to go into all the details as to why we chose that path, but I will say it's been an absolutely amazing amazing decision for us, and he's so happy. And part of his home education includes Portuguese. My daughter also gets Portuguese at her school. And um, we also really this year, especially because of COVID, it's been really hard to fully learn Portuguese, fully immerse into Portuguese culture. But um, this year we have made a really strong effort to be more involved in the local community and get better with our Portuguese, which gets us to that next question. Um, Is it safe to assume that none of you spoke any Portuguese when you first moved there? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, no, we did not speak any. Um, and it's been kind of slow going, especially with COVID, but it's been something that we're working on that my kids regular, regularly get educated on. I actually have taken classes too and am actively trying to learn. Um, oh, I realized I missed part of your question, Mike. So I do want to answer the question on cost because that's actually a really important question that many, uh, many people want to know when they're moving to a new country. Can I afford private school for my children? So in the Algarve where we live, we're in the southernmost region of Portugal. Portugal, you can kind of think of it as broken up into three core regions if you're looking at a map because it's a really long country. It's coastal and we're the bottom most region. So the Algarve and where we live, um, schools are less expensive than they are in the Lisbon area, which is kind of that middle band of the country. And then Porto in the north, they tend to be less expensive too. So the the schools are a lot more expensive in in that kind of Lisbon metro area. Um, In the Algarve, schools range from, I would say, around 6,000 a year up to maybe 12,000 a year. In the Lisbon area, we're more starting on that upper end. So when we were looking at schools, the ones that we were willing to send our kids to were in that like ten to twenty thousand dollar range per year, which is crazy. It's so expensive. <laughs> but I will say that um, if you go to a quality private school, it's so worth the investment in your children, and we're really glad that we've made that investment in our kids. Uh, in Porto, I couldn't give you a good range, but I know that some of the schools that we looked at up there seemed like they were a little bit more in line with the Algarve um, where you weren't yes they have some that are in that like topping out at 20 even more than 20 a year um, but they seemed like they were a bit less expensive than the Lisbon area okay um, next question from Mike is what kind of visa did you get and did you get that visa while you were in Thailand so we're on what's known as an own income visa what that means is we bring in our own income from outside of the country and the legal tax tax des- the, the legal Portuguese tax designation is non-habitual resident. So NHR. Now, I don't think that the program that we came in on is fully available, but I know that they have some new digital nomad visas and things like that that they're coming out with. So I would just say that in general, it's much easier to get a visa here than it is in some other European countries. 
In Thailand, no. We had such a hard time in Thailand. There are a lot of reasons we left Thailand, but one of the reasons was that we just couldn't seem to get our paperwork through. I mean, we had to leave the country every three months to do a visa run, come back while we were waiting for our paperwork to go through. And then we were only able to ever get through paperwork for one child and one adult. And so even though we were trying hard to do everything legally, there was a risk when I would go out for business because I traveled a ton when we lived there that when I tried to come back that they would tell me I couldn't come in. So that for us was, was a real challenge there that we haven't run into here in Portugal. So thanks for that question, Mike. And again, I'm going to jump into more visa stuff in the next round of questions, but hopefully that will give you a good foundation to start doing some research. All right. Mar Mariana asks, what's it like to live in a different country, different culture? Any inputs or thoughts? I love how open-ended this question is. Um, so if you're new to my world, <laughs> I have lived in four countries outside of the United States. Before we had children, we lived in the Dominican Republic and Vietnam. And then we moved to Ohio for graduate school, back to Idaho, my hometown. Then we moved to Thailand with our children and that didn't work out. So we moved back to Idaho and then back to Portugal. We were only in Idaho for about three or four months while we were processing our visas for Portugal. And Interestingly, having had all this experience and then also watching others go through this experience, I have noticed some qualities of people that are successful doing this thing, this life, and those who aren't. When I meet people who are just moving abroad for the first time and I hear some of their expectations or some of their assumptions about what life will be like, I, I often will hear, I'll often see or hear red flags that they're probably not going to make it living abroad. And one of the big things that one of the big red flags is that they have an expectation that the the world is just going to unfold for them. Now this is a very American and I would say maybe also British if you're British like just just hear me out here. Um, but this just a very um, entitled mentality of I'm American and everything, like every country I want to go to, I can, and things should just be doable for me. And, you know, like I'm just going to be able to do anything. I, I'm sure that I held that same mindset or assumption when I first started living abroad, this idea that like, oh, it's easy. I can just, you know, file paperwork and it'll work out, but it's just not like that. And especially when you add to the mix language barriers and not knowing how systems work, basic things like that you need to do certain things with your car every year. We didn't realize that once we got a big, huge ticket because we didn't file a certain paperwork for our car and we didn't get any notice about it because all the Portuguese know about it. It's not something that like in the U.S. you'd get a reminder or a notice, but they don't do that here. So we got a big ticket. So things like that, you just have to be ready for feeling like a fish out of water, feeling uncomfortable, feeling frustrated sometimes, feeling like you don't know how to do anything, like like almost like you're a child again and you have to get help from people. But on the other side of that, that I think is so beautiful is that that intentional discomfort that you put yourself in requires growth. And so if on the other side of that, there are people that there are those people who I meet and I'm like, 
they are going to thrive here and they're going to be amazing and they are going to be successful and stay and be able to live this life they dream of. They are the people who are open. They're the people who don't expect the country to conform to them. Um, Those who take in their new experiences with a joyful curiosity, even when it's hard. Those who understand that because things don't work a certain way in this country, it doesn't mean that that country is not as good as your country. Um, And I think those also who are willing to actually dive into the country and learn and grow with the culture and appreciate the culture and learn the language. Now, I will say that our language acquisition has not been as fast as I thought it would be. And sometimes getting into the culture has been a little slower than I would like. A lot of that for us is having young kids. So we have a lot of extra challenges in just daily life that any young family would have. Um, But it's a slow process and you just keep trying and keep learning and you try out the language and you take classes and you, you know, watch, you know, Netflix and Portuguese, a kid's show and like start learning things like that. Start asking questions. Um... And, and just, again, be willing to look silly, being willing to fail. And on the other side of that, you will grow. I will say, if you are a person who really likes things to be a certain way, you like things just so, and you really um, don't like to be out of your comfort zone, if you can't open that side of yourself up before you move or when you move, you're going to have a really hard time. But if you can embrace that differentness and um, and really, really just put out your arms wide open and 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 be willing to try new things and overcome some of the hurdles that you'll face with visas, with paperwork, with buying cars, with paying basic utilities, like the little things that just seem like it should be so easy, but it's so hard. You will have an amazing experience in the right country, I will say, (laughs) in the right country. You have to find a country that really fits for you, which is a really great segue to the next question. This one is from Anonymous. Anonymous asks, why did you move from Portugal to Boise? Okay, there's so much why here. I will start by saying that originally our dream was to live in Thailand, and that's where we moved first. We moved in 2018, I think, yes, 2018, and the kids were so little. They were three and five, which is crazy now. I have a 10-year-old and a seven-year-old, and I look at pictures of them when we moved, and I'm like, oh my God, what were we thinking? It was just, they were so little. And at the same time, I am glad that we did that when we did, because I think it could have been really easy to get anchored into a certain kind of life. And I think it would have been harder to break out of that if we had been so established. So who knows? Maybe it would have been easier, maybe not. But our dream of living in Thailand started when my husband and I lived in Vietnam. And um, this was pre-kids, you know, in our 20s, doing the thing. We went on this trip to Koh Chang in Thailand um, and had the most amazing trip of my life. It was absolutely incredible. We rented a scooter and drove all over the island on that whole week. And we were like living our best life. It was amazing. Um, ever, ever since then, we dreamed of living in Thailand. It was just so firmly anchored in my, in my soul. That was in 2011. And so when we moved, 
was it 2011? No, it was 2010. It was in 2010. And when we moved finally in 2018, you can see we'd had that dream for seven and a half, eight years at that point. We had talked about it actively. It wasn't like a little secret dream. It was something my husband and I talked about regularly, about when we would move to Thailand someday. And Thailand did not work out. It was, for so many reasons, not a good fit for us. Core reasons were the dangers of everyday life there from, you know, wild animals. You know, there were king cobras found, like plural king cobras found a mile from our house. There was rabies found in a dog not far from our house. There was a child mauled by dogs, like attacked by a pack of dogs on a beach, not very far from our house. Our house was infested with bats. Yeah, 200 bats in our attic. Um, what else? So many things. Oh, we had multiple hospital visits just over and over and over, um, for so, for a bunch of reasons. I won't go into a ton of detail unless somebody wants to know about it. Shoot me a message at hello at stacyannis.com and I'll just do a storytelling podcast on our, <laughs> our reasons uh, that we left Thailand. Um, but I will say it was such an amazing growth experience for us. And when we we were maybe eight months in, my husband and I were like, this is not working, but we don't want to go home. We're, we're not ready to go back to Idaho. And so we we just went on this mad like research spree on blogs, YouTube, podcasts, you know, everywhere you can think of, just Googling things. And uh, we originally wanted to move to Spanish. Um, because I, I speak a little bit of Spanish. Um, well, actually, I was, I will say, actually, speak a lot more than a little. I was nearly fluent when we lived in the Dominican Republic. I could hold, you know, a full hour conversation with somebody who spoke no English um, and, and, and actually have a very rich, rich, uh, deep emotional conversation with them. So I was nearly fluent. It's resting now. Please do not test me. <laughs> if we get on a call or conversation at some point, do not test my Spanish. But it exists and it, it's there. I, I have that foundation. So we thought Spain would be amazing. And we'd always really dreamed of traveling in Spain. But it just turned out that, long story short, the visa process is much tougher there. And so we started just seeing things about Portugal. And we eventually decided after a lot of research that it seemed like a great place for us. And so that's why we ended up moving to Portugal. Visas were a lot easier, tax situations a lot better than Spain would have been. And um, the lifestyle from what we could tell from our research was amazing. So that's why we ended up moving here. And then this is a really great segue to the next question, which is from Christine. Christine asks, how do you like living in Portugal? How do you how do your kids like living in Portugal? Do you like the schools? And I would definitely be interested in reading a piece on how you truly feel about Portugal. So I already answered the schools question, so I'm not going to spend I guess I could say yes, they do really love their schools. It's actually an amazing situation both the school that my daughter goes and goes to and our homeschool situation. But to answer your question on do we like living here? The answer is a resounding Heck yes. We love it. We love living here. I will say that no place is perfect. So I don't want you, to, anybody listening or watching this to think, aha, Portugal it is. Because for us, Portugal is an amazing fit. For a lot of our friends that lived in Thailand, Thailand was an amazing fit for them. They loved living there. 
in Vietnam. For some people, it was an amazing fit for them. I loved living in Vietnam. It was beautiful. It was incredible. But there were things about it that I, I would never live there again with young children. Um, Dominican Republic, there were things about that that some people loved living there. For me, I did not enjoy it toward the end. I was really ready to leave, although so many beautiful experiences there. The people were amazing. But for, for me, it was not a good fit for just who I am. For us, Portugal is really being completely genuine. It's, it's amazing for us. We love living here. But again, you have to really pay attention to what you need. What we did is we made a big list. We knew all the things that were important to us. We wanted safe schools. We wanted good health care. We wanted affordable cost of living. We wanted lots of outdoor space, trails. We wanted to really be able to feel safe. There were a lot of different things um, that were important to us. And that's just a short list. And so for us, we really needed an environment that fit with our family, fit with our values. And that has been here. I will say that um, it has at times been challenging living where we live in the Algarve. Although we love it here, there is not as good of access to medical care, for example, if you need a specialist. And the secondary schools are not, um, there aren't quite as many options here as there are for primary schools. And so if you have older children or you have medical needs, you might want to think about a different part of the region, like the Lisbon area or the Porto area. But then again, we also have this amazing aspect to the Algarve where it's more rural, there's lots of open space, there aren't as many people, and it really is just a beautiful quality of life. Things that I love about living here, I think for me, I'm a naturally, I'm just a type A driven person and it's a very low key culture here, very chill. And so I feel really joyful and anchored here. It really helps balance out that part of my personality that's maybe a little, a little aggressive at times. Um, <laughs> so it's a good balance. I love the weather. I love the lifestyle. I love the pace, people, community, the safety. It's not perfect. We still have incidents here that are, are unsafe, but not like the, where we were in the U.S. Um, a challenge that I face is that I love cities. I love cities. I loved living in Ho Chi Minh City. You know, we had 12 million people, the energy, the pace. It was just like really filled my my uh, my driven human soul. <laughs> and so I miss that. And to, to counterbalance that, I regularly travel to large cities. In fact, tomorrow I'm recording this and tomorrow I go to London. And so I get a good balance there. Um, and that helps me be able to be in more of a rural, small place and get that still that energy and excitement that I really inherently crave as a person in a large city. Great question, Christine. I hope that was helpful. And just thinking through if you're thinking about living in Portugal and whether it might be a good fit for you. So these were such good questions today. I really enjoyed answering them. As a reminder, if you have a question, send it over to me. You can send me an email at hello at stacyennis.com. And if you have a moment right now and you're still listening to this episode and you found it valuable, would you please take just one minute to rate and review the podcast? Your five star, hopefully, reviews help me reach more people. And I have a, a big goal this year to grow the podcast and reach more people with the message of beyond better, of this idea that we really deserve to have lives that are not just meh, not just okay, not just better, but actually amazing to beyond better. 
Thank you so much for joining me. I will look forward to dropping part two soon and I will be back with you before you know it. This podcast is produced by me, Stacey Ennis. Special thanks to Daniel Alexander for sound editing and Katherine Fishman for project support. These two make the show possible and I'm grateful. You can always access show notes, including any links mentioned in this episode at stacyennis.com slash podcast. And you can connect with me at stacyennis.com, on Instagram at Stacy Ennis, or on Facebook at Stacy Ennis Creative. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Here's to building lives that are beyond better. Mm-hmm.